Okay, last, uh, last week we were sharing a message, and it was called Comfort in Times of Trouble, and I started out by sharing about God's nature, and we're going to look at that again, and we're going to look at another aspect of it today, and I talked about specifically last week the comfort of the Scriptures, how the Word of God is designed to put strength in you when you're in a time of difficulty. And in fact, the Bible tells us very clearly, it says that uh, the Word of God, it says it changed your lives in the book of Thessalonians because you received it, not as the Word of man, but as the Word of God, which works powerfully in you when you believe. So there's a part we have to play for God's work to work. And I share with you some ways that you can get hold of God's Word in a time of trouble, and it strengthens you. And I have been strengthened greatly by Scripture over the years. Sometimes a vision, an impression, a prophetic word hasn't been enough, but a scripture has just given substance and strength. And uh, so let's go back, look in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Notice what it says God is like. It says that God is a father or an author of mercies, of tender compassion. In other words, the heart of God is never against us. He's always for us, full of compassion, when you're in trouble, his heart is soft and tender and affectionate, and he wants to help. He's a father of mercies, many mercies. In fact, we're even called to come to the throne of grace to find mercies. Uh, that's what God is like. And, and coupled with that, his, his heart to be tender and, and merciful to us, it says he's the God of all comfort. So one of the ways that God shows us his mercy is he comes to us in difficult times to comfort us. Now, in a difficult time, you don't feel God is near you at all. In fact, actually, he feels a long way off. But nevertheless, he is nearer then than at any time in your life, in the difficult time. Everyone experiences hard times, pressure times, difficulties, things you thought would happen, didn't happen, things happened you didn't think would happen. And the tendency when we get into pain is we lose perspective and we tend to isolate. We saw why people isolate. The biggest difficulty that people have in times of strain and pressure, could be in marriage, family, could be wherever it is, is the tendency to isolate and withdraw and then problems become magnified and very big. And so notice what it says now, the, who comforts us in all our tribulations. So how much of your problems is left out of that? None. In all difficulties we face, in all pressures we face, God comforts us. And not only that, he has a purpose in comforting us. It says that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort we've received. So God has two purposes in comforting you. Number one, to bring release and relief to you in the time of stress by bringing you into experiencing Him. And secondly, having given you an experience with Him, that you would go and share that with someone to help them. So God's purpose in your life is always redemptive. If you're in trouble, He gets you out so you can help someone else get out. That's what redemptive means. So in other words, if you're in a mess, even if it's your own making, God still is tender, He still cares, He still wants to engage with you, get you out of it, and through the experience, give you something to share with someone else who's in trouble. There's nothing like a person, nothing horrible, saying, a person saying to you, I know how you feel, and they haven't a clue how you feel. But when someone has been through a difficult experience, and they come along and say, I understand how you feel, and they've been there before. They really do understand your feeling to some degree. 
Will you share them? So here's an here's a, here's a, here's a important purpose then of God comforting you is so you'll be equipped to help someone else. God wants every believer helping others. Notice how easy it is. I was just in a, in a bookstore just the other day, and I went in the bookstore, I started to talk to the person there, and I began to ask and inquire, and just talk into their heart. Next thing I know, person's opening their heart, tears. And this person's standing there in the middle of a place we're supposed to be selling, and they're just blubbering and tears are all coming down, and they're starting to share. Why? Because they felt God come near them because of what I said to them. So comfort, we're called to bring comfort to others, and so I was able to really help that person. So here's a comfort question. Here's a question you might, I, I read this the other, just a little while ago, Joe gave me a book, said you need to read this, this was given to us to read, and I didn't want to read it because it had been given to us to read, but however I did, and uh, it had on it a comfort question. This is what the, the question asked, and I felt quite challenged actually, I, I got a bit weepy after I heard this question, and this was the question, can you ever recall as a child being comforted during a time of emotional distress, when someone actually connected with you, and they listened to you, and they understood your pain, and they gave you reassurance afterwards, so you felt better. And I thought, oh, I don't like that question. I didn't like what I thought was the answer. The answer I had was no. And I was quite shocked when I thought, well, no, actually, no. And so the question I raised again, well, what do you do when, when you get in pain? I came to the horrible recognition over years when I'm in pain, I isolate. And the pain increases and try to feel better. I used to read books and all sorts of things to try and feel better. Isn't that what people do when they get in pain? Isolate. Or they react and get really on an edge. Or we can receive comfort from God. Now, here's the thing. God doesn't always comfort you directly. Sometimes His way of comforting you is through another person. And you might be sitting next to the person that God called you to comfort. Or the person that God has sent to you to comfort you could be just next to you or near you. Think about that. And uh, so I want us to just to, to look at that. So the word comfort in the Bible is not just put your arms around and just there, there, there and make you feel better. The word in the Bible in comfort is this. It addresses the root of the problem. It means literally to call near. Or it means to come alongside you in your distress and be there for you. How about that? to come alongside you in your distress and be there for you. Jesus is a comforter. He said, I, I'm going to send you another comforter, just like me. So Jesus was a comforter. Notice what his name is, Emmanuel, God with us. So the biggest aspect of comfort in the Bible is that God doesn't leave us alone. He comes and connects with us to help us and walk with us through the difficulty. Doesn't always change the difficulty, but someone is there with us. Let's have a look at an example, a great example of this. And uh, here you can see what comfort looks like in 1 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 16. This is what real comfort looks like. Then I'll give you just a few practical keys on how to do it. In verse 16, David is now hunted down. He's gone from fame now to he's now number one on the wanted list. And there's a poster out, shoot him on sight. And so he came out into the wilderness. Now verse 16, then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose went to David in the wood and strengthened his hand in God and said to him, do not fear the hand of Saul, my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel. I shall be next to you. And even my father knows that. And the two of them made a covenant 
before the Lord. So here's a man who's strengthened. If you comfort someone, I tell you what, after your ministry to them, they are strengthened in God. They feel stronger, more able to handle what they're facing. So there are some things you need to learn to do. So I'm going to give you the not-to-dos first of all, because I know this is things that you've, we've all done it. And I have observed over years in ministry that when people are in trouble, the worst people that come to help them sometimes are Christians. So I know this isn't you, but just in case you know someone who did some of these things, uh, then you could just tick these ones off, okay? So when someone is trouble, uh, don't come to them and say, oh, I just know what you're feeling. I know what you're going through. You don't. Don't worry, it'll soon pass. Don't say that. Get over it. Don't say that. That's not that bad, really. Well, you want to hear what I went through, and boy, you know, blah, 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 blah. None of those things help anyone. In fact, actually, they make them more miserable, somewhat angry. Murder rises in the heart. They think, shall I kill him now or not? Would God forgive me? So you think, don't joke or make a fun of it. That's oh, nothing. Come on, you'll be okay. Get over it. Uh, don't say to them something like this, you need more faith, brother. More faith. More faith. Now I do want to kill you. Because <laughs> I'm guilty. All the faith I have, it's still not getting me through. Don't tell me I need more faith. How many have had someone say, you need more faith? <laughs> okay, here's another one here. Well, well, you just need to praise the Lord anyway. It might be true, but it's not helpful. It can actually really upset people. Ah. Well, here's another one that doesn't help either. Well, we all have days like that. Move on. Move on. Uh, none of that helps. Here's another one that doesn't help. Oh, you shouldn't feel that way. You're a Christian. You shouldn't be angry. You should trust in God. Another one, you should forgive. Feel the word should, it's the law coming. There's no grace and mercy in that. I know I should forgive, I just don't want to. I'm too angry to even think and go there, so don't tell me I should. I already know the Bible, I know that verse. It's not going to help me. I'll be comforted, just get more angry. See? Well, here's another one. You must have sinned, there must be something you've done wrong. Brother, there's a problem. There's a fault in your life. This is something. You know, this is something. You're reaping something. I'm really comforted now after I've heard that. The spirit of murder is nearly unable to stop getting a hold of me and to throttle someone. None of these things help. This is what people do. This is what people do. Here's another one that doesn't help either. God's dealing with you, brother. Is that right? Well, I'm out of here already. See, none of those things help. They sound good. They sound spiritual. But, uh, you know, here's another one that doesn't help. Oh, you've been treated really badly. You're right. This is really bad what's happened to you. Now, that may be true. But it's not going to help them either. Fill them with self-pity. Reinforce their bitterness. None of that's going to help them. Here's another thing that doesn't help. You talk too much. Some people are going to, they start off, how are you doing? Before you've even given half an answer, they're away blabbing. Now you understand, this is really hard for it to be a Christian at a time like that. Isn't it hard? 
Here's another one that doesn't help. We'll finish this one here. It's when they invade your space and all you want to be left alone. I remember when one of our family had gone through a trauma experience and I was all I could do to come to church and I had to preach. And I was in tremendous grief. I just wanted to be left alone. But people would come up to me and tell me stupid stuff. And it was hard for me not to want to kill them. Before I preached or after. I'm not sure when it should happen. It was very difficult. Very difficult. I just want to say, leave me alone. I just want to worship God. And cry. You know, sometimes you get into worship service, you want to cry. You don't need someone to come up with their arm around and, and smother you and then prophesy over you. It's not going to help. I just need to cry. And then afterwards be encouraged and comforted. So, so it's good to know what doesn't work, eh? How many have had some of those things happen to them? There, Lord. And you could probably tell me others. I'd love to hear the others. Email them in or something like that because I'd like to hear the others too. They actually increased the pain and the isolation. And Jonathan strengthened his friend. And this is how he strengthened his friend. Very, very simple. It's actually said he arose and went to him. He connected intentionally with him. He made a decision to leave where he was comfortable and actually go to be where his friend was. He went to him. He didn't wait for him to come. He didn't wait for him to call. Second thing, he addressed his emotions. David was filled with fear. And so he, he understood the fear that was in his life. The emo- he understood what he was feeling. Don't try and comfort anyone until you understand what they're feeling. Oh, not allowed that feeling. You shouldn't feel that way, you know. No, see, he understood it. And so he directed him to the promises of God. You know, you will be king. He, he drew his attention to what God had spoken to him. And then finally, he made a commitment to stand with him and walk through the issue with him. That's what biblical comfort looks like. There it is. Really as simple as that. I'll give it a few more practical things on it. But number one, you connect intentionally with the person. David did want to see him. If people don't want to see you, don't go to them. We'll give them space. Some people need some space. Uh, second thing he did was he addressed the emotional area. He understood the emotions. He spoke and directed David to the Word of God and then made a stronger, even stronger commitment to be with him. Isn't that fantastic? That we can come So we're not called to cure people's problems or rescue them. So don't think you've got to rescue people or cure their problems. You just come alongside to care for them and to comfort them. So how would it work? Here it is. Very simply, they give, give you it in four little different things you can do. Number one, if you feel or believe that someone is in a place of distress or pain or difficulty or pressure, make an intentional connection. Make it your business to connect. Talk to them. Go sound out whether they want you to come and talk. Don't, don't just go in and invade. If you were to ring them and say, I'd love to just come and have a cup of coffee. Can we talk? And if they say, no, not right now, leave it be. Well, okay, I'll just try again next week. Sometimes you've got to just be sensitive to whether people want you in their space or not. Don't wait for people to come. You understand. Here's an interesting thing in Luke 24, verse 15, when the disciples were in distress. It says of Jesus, this is what it says of him. Look at this. It says, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So now, now there's a lot you could learn in here. But here's, the, here's what, this, what this means is this. He's got two of his disciples in distress. Here's the first thing he does is intentionally comes near to them. Okay, you come on, just come and just stand up here. Now, 
Satan, no, Vaughan, okay, so Vaughan's on a, on a journey and he's walking down that way there, okay? We're going to walk down that way there in a moment. Now, just, okay, so now, so he's on his way walking down there and you can tell from his body language he's sad, see? So this is what Jesus did. Jesus said, hey, God, can I join you? And he'd walk with them. He didn't try and fix anything straight away, he'd just walk with them. Sometimes he's got to walk with people for a little while and be with them, try and do anything. And you know, as you walk and show an interest in people and connect with them, then often you can get a conversation going about things. And you can start to talk. You know what he said? Hey, I notice you're looking sad. What's up? Okay, thanks. That's all he did. He just asked them, what's happening? I notice you're sad. He said, I see you're quite sad. What's happening? What's going on in your life? He identified the feelings and the I see you seem to be shut down. I see you seem to be drawn back. Is there something wrong? Is there any way I can help? In other words, the first aspect of any kind of comforting people is to connect with them sensitively and just walk with them for a little bit. Sometimes a conversation opens up quickly, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes people are ready to talk, sometimes they're not. But you have to come near them and just journey with them. Just stay on the journey with them a little bit. And sometimes it's just, hi, how are you? Just thought to drop this into you, to bless you and to help you. Uh, and that's it. And then you come again. And you're on a journey with them. And it takes just little encounters to open their heart. Kindness will open people's heart. Here's the second thing. is need to listen to their heart. Proverbs 18, 13. If you answer a matter before you've heard it, it's folly and a shame for you. So you can't, you can't comfort people if you don't give them a hearing. Now, they may be right or wrong. They may have done something wrong themselves. Uh, when you listen to people, you've got to realize that they only tell you their version of the story, and there's another version, and the other version changes the picture completely. Just do realize that. But you do have to ask people what's going on. And so ask questions that draw out the facts and, and the feelings behind it. Just talk to people and ask about them. And, the, and this is an interesting thing. When Adam had sinned, you can imagine God turns up in the garden. He must be making a bit of noise. He said he heard the voice of the Lord walking. So maybe God was singing. I don't know. But Adam heard his voice, Genesis 3.9. And this is what it says. God spoke to him and said, Adam, where are you? Now, you know, God's got all these cameras everywhere scanning everything. He can see it all. So why would he ask a question like, where are you? It's not a question of where are you. It's a relationship question. Adam, what's up in your life? What's happening? You know something? If you were to make a decision this week that wherever you go, you take an interest in people, connect with them in just a very positive way, and then inquire about where are you? What's happening? What's going on? I know she look a bit sad. What's up? Now, if you were just to take that line, now don't try and fix anything. Just take the line that I want to draw near to people and position myself with, an, with a heart that is interested and cares to just ask them some questions about how they're doing. How are you doing? What's happening? That's all I did with this girl in the bookshop. She said, hey, how are you doing? And then I could tell from the way she answered something was going on. I could tell the feeling in the answer. I said, you just seem to be sad. What's happening? She started to tell me. And then that gave the doorway in to then help her in comfort. And I was able to, she walked away totally changed. Totally changed. Uh, and you can do it, but you've got to get into the person's heart first of all. So the first thing is ask questions, and then the second thing is draw out the feelings that they have. What are you sad about? That's what Jesus said, Luke 24, 17. What's going on? I notice you're down, you're heavy. What's happening there? So help people. Here's the thing. People often need help to, put word, to identify what they feel and put some words on it. They need soul words. If you ask a guy what he's feeling, 
He'll say, nothing. How are you feeling? Nothing. So you ask a guy, tell me what kind of feelings you have. Well, angry and very angry. That's it. Because a lot of people, a lot of men are not in tune and connect with feelings. So sometimes people just need help to put words to the feelings. Just this is what you feel. Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling upset? Feeling angry? Oh, no, I feel hurt. Oh, a little bit angry. <laughs> just you know, find a way. Draw out of people what's going on. Because if you don't do that, then they don't actually share. They don't feel you've understood them at all. I can remember being sitting in a, in a place, a woman asked me for help. Husband had just had an accident and a, on a work site. And one of the guys had been electrocuted and all kind of... Uh, and she was upset. I listened and found out what the problem was and gave an answer and she didn't want to hear it. And I gave it again. She stood on one here and I thought, well, this is a waste of my time. And the Lord spoke to me and said, well, you're not even listening. So whether your answer's right or wrong is irrelevant. She doesn't feel you heard. She didn't want an answer. She actually wants to be heard. I thought, oh, my male thing, a fix-it thing. You know, I've got to fix the problem. And so he's, and I just changed, mid even in mid-speaking, I just changed and said, oh, I guess you're feeling quite afraid over what the consequences of this would be. And then out it all came. And once she'd shared it, she knew exactly what to do and she was fine. I didn't even need to give anything much more than that. So, but here's the next thing aspect of it. So number one, intentional connection. Number two, uh, you listen from your heart. Ask questions and draw out the feelings and emotions. Number three, guide them, if it's possible at that point, and it isn't always possible, to trust God. And that's where your testimony comes in, where you can share how God helped you. And you can, this is how God helped me. I was, someone this week was in a great distress, and I just texted them a verse, and they sent me back just yesterday a text, and they said, this put strength in me. I've moved past that text, and I'm down into this part of it now. Now, just, I just sent a text. That's all it took. Thinking of you, care about you in this distress, sent the text, sent a verse, and there it was. So I was able to make a connection, a very simple way. I, I, I was with... Um, Pastor Kong. Pastor Kong's going through a tremendous stress there's, uh, related to the ministry and uh, the, there's uh, accusations being made and now it all comes to court. But they're threatening him and six of his followers with years and years and years in jail. They just want to get rid of them. This is incredibly stressful. Millions of dollars and going in lawyer's fees. It's a horrendous situation. But it's the making of a man of God. And that's what it looks like. It looks horrible. And he said, oh, well, he said, you know, some people just don't want to come near me now. Some people uh, avoid me. He said, some people think that if they're connected to me, their reputation will be tainted and their ministry tainted. And I said, well, Kong, we're here with you, whatever happens. We've been on this journey too long to quit now. We're sticking with you. And we choose to stay with you, whatever it works out like. We're with you and for you to do whatever we can to help. And he said, can you bring me something from the Lord? And I thought, and God just dropped something in. And I had a scripture for him. Now, here's the interesting thing. The Word of God. It was a Word God had given me. And that Word broke depression on him. He went home and shared it with his wife. It lifted the pressure off her. He shared it with the leaders and got them all into a place of faith praying. And the whole atmosphere started to shift around their leadership. And all it took was one Word from God. One Word of egg. Now, that's what comfort looks like. It's to call the person near to God. Isn't that great? And I was able to do it again this uh, other day. God gave me another word for him. I've had three words for him. One is put strength into him. So you have something to put strength and encouragement into someone. You can do it. You can do it. You've just got to be willing to. See? 
So share how God has helped you. See, the comfort is not just for you, it's for someone else as well. And then finally, reassure the person that you stand with them. At the end of the day, loneliness and isolation is the biggest uh, pain barrier that we face. I had this situation related to staff redundancies is extremely painful to me. Extremely painful. And, but I've, been, I've come through the biggest part of it now. And, one, and, and there was a couple in this church helped me. That was Dot and Lynn. And I don't mind saying so. I want to say so. I want to honour them because of what they did. But I was really going through deep emotional turmoil over it all. And uh, the, I had to pop into church for something. And, and, and Dot spotted me. And she intentionally, with Lynn, made their way to me. And now this was, they did exactly, exactly what I've outlined for you is how you comfort people. The first they came, they were quite sensitive. They came with love and care and hugged me and helped me feel connected when I didn't feel connected, felt disconnected. They gave me room to share also what I felt. They actually made leading questions that helped me share what I was feeling. And they shared what had happened for them as well. And then Dot brought a vision that God had showed her in her distress. She said, I cried to the Lord because I was so troubled. And she said, God gave me a vision. And she said, I saw this and I believe this is for you. And she could not have known the significance of that vision was so tied to another time in my life when I was in distress and God came and comforted me. It was the exact same vision. Now, she couldn't have known that. It was just God gave her an answer for her pain at that time. But when she bought it, it became such a strength in my soul, lifted me back up again. And they wouldn't have known. She had no idea what she did. I shared later. Again, this, notice the thing. And, they, and, and then they reassured me of their commitment to stand together with me. All of those ingredients that were there with David and Jonathan, that were there with Jesus and how he comforts people, his disciples on the road to Emmaus. And you, you notice, you follow the road to Emmaus, Jesus came near, he connected with them, he opened up their heart, then he began to share the word of God, and then he made commitment through covenant, the cutting of the bread, the bread and the wine, to be with them. That's what comfort looks like. It's not just all emotional, it's not just all about hugging. In fact, that can be helpful, it can be harmful. It's about actually drawing near so someone feels they're not alone in their difficulty. Someone is with them to strengthen them and walk with them through it. Isn't that fantastic? Biblical comfort. Biblical comfort. It is wonderful. It's sometimes called exhortation. And this is one of the word prophecies for this. Prophecy, one of the things for prophecy is to bring the presence of God to people. You know, when, when you minister prophecy to comfort people, you don't have nice words, oh, never mind, God's with you, it'll all work out okay, don't worry. It's not like that. Actually, when you comfort someone, you minister in such a way with reality that God's presence comes, and you know what they feel? God is near me. That's what brings the exhortation. I'm not alone. I'm with the God who's near me. Why don't we just close our eyes right now? I want to just give an opportunity for any person here who's never known in their personal life the presence of God to come and help you, touch you, comfort you, strengthen you. I would love to pray for you today. You know, we're born into this world literally on our own, separated from God because of sin. But Jesus came, God with us, 
to solve that problem. God's solution's amazing. Jesus died on a cross, gave up his life, that we could be forgiven of our sins, the block removed, and a heart connection made with God. It just requires only one thing from you, is a decision to recognize your need and receive Jesus Christ. Who is ready to do that today? Is there anyone here ready to receive Christ today? I'd like you to put your hand up and let me know. Would you do that? Is there any person here today, right at that place, ready to receive Jesus? Ready to become a Christian? To be connected to God? Mankind's fundamental problem is being disconnected from God. And the basic solution is reconnect with God. And that's what Jesus came to do. And he does it all the time, and he keeps on doing it. Is there anyone here today, and you've never been connected to God, today you want to have that connection? Please raise your hand right now. Just let me see. Any person here? Any person here? I wonder if there's any right now that you're in a place of distress and difficulty, place of uh, trial, could be in finances, marriage, family, personal life, difficulties, things that won't go away for you. And you're just in a place of distress today. Would you raise your hand where you are just right now? Just raise your hand if that's you right now. Any person see some hands going up? People just in a place of distress. Is there anyone here today right at that place that wants to strengthen you, help you? How many people? That's right. There's several. What I'd love to do is actually have some people come and minister prophetically to you. If you're in that place of distress, why don't you just make your way to the front now? Just stand here. Just stand here. We just want to stand with you and we want to just release prophetic word into your life to bring comfort and encouragement. So who today is in a place of distress, difficulty, pressure, trouble? If you'd like to make your way to the front, let's just all stand right now. Matthew, any others? Just stand. Just stand. Just come. Please, please come. Please come. Whatever it is, please come. Please come. Please come. Please come. Please come. Please come. Just come. 